Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael. Joseph is a bit under the weather today, and he won't be joining us, but we have a nice little recap of some of the big news stories of the week, as well as a look ahead. You can catch us online at sknr.net for all the movies, games, television, conventions, pop culture, and entertainment uh, coverage. We also have our movie reviews at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed. We have a couple of reviews up there right now for Evil Genius, Outriders, and uh, some other things. And, of course, um, we have our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. The next one is due out in June, and we're going to have some E3 coverage and some special things on that. And of course, last but not least, is our big radio segment that I do each week on BJHA's Geek Nation on KISWFM Radio. And we just did a nice segment there the other day talking about Cinema Week, which is something we will um, discuss here, as well as some other interesting things, such as the emergence of Ubisoft's film division which has some very successful shows already out like mythic quest and has some other things in the works they just put out a trailer for a non-game related uh r-rated werewolf movie that is due out this um fall so looking forward to that but wanted to start off with uh, some interesting news and that is that universal studio has basically given back to the theaters in that they are going to be uh, releasing all eight Fast and Furious films for free screenings uh, once a week leading up to the release of Fast 9. Now, I uh, did a quick check at one of our local theater chains, and they already were showing sellouts at three different theaters. This is not an ongoing thing. Apparently, this is like 7 o'clock at night on a Friday. Uh, you come out and you see it, and yes, the theaters still have reduced capacity and so on. But we'll start with you, Michael. What do you make of this? Well, I think it's a good opportunity for people to, you know, the Fast movie, the Furious movies have always been really popular. Um, and I honestly think this is a good way for the theaters to try to get people back to the, you know, back to the theater. They want, they want to know, you know, are, are people willing to do that given the right choice of movies, given the fact that it's free? And I mean, just given you know, folks an opportunity to see some movies, you know, for free and get some goodwill back um, in the theater. I mean, I think most of us know that theaters don't make a lot of money on the ticket sales themselves. They make a lot more money on concessions and that sort of thing. So it, I think it's it's a, a way to show some, I think, goodwill to those theater owners and give people an opportunity to see the movies for free too. So I, I think it's good. Um, it sounds like it's, it's a popular idea. So I'll, I'll be really curious to see how this goes. You know, um, if other, if other, uh, studios kind of follow this trend and, and maybe do some of this as well, um, to get, I think part of it is, you know, some goodwill, but I also think part of it is to show people that, you know, the theater can be a safe, uh, experience, you know, see how, um, people, how comfortable people feel about going, and then obviously it'll kind of give them an opportunity to kind of judge the interest in going back to the theaters in general as as the pandemic slows down. So, yeah, I, I like the idea. We'll we'll see uh, um, how successful it turns out. I mean, from a from a availability perspective, we know that they're selling out. The question obviously will be, you know, how does it how does it go long term, and and what are the results after doing this? Absolutely, Justin, your take, please. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think as the you know the pandemic kind of winds down, um, you know, theaters are and uh, studios are going to have to come up with creative ways to to make money, and um, I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing kind of creative ideas on how to kind of get back in the game, how to get people back into seats, and I think that's kind of a um, uh, uh, what we're going to kind of see more of, and hopefully it's successful. Honestly, um, I kind of um, I'm hoping that we can kind of get back to more more normal, and you know, we can kind of hear some more wins on part of these some of these uh, these companies um and studios so hopefully this do does well uh but we'll kind of have to wait and see and i think it's great that you mentioned goodwill because we all forget that there was the bad blood between universal and certain theater chains over their um, decision early in the pandemic to take certain films like trolls world tour and move it to video on demand uh very early we you know we talked about the pros and cons of this due to the fact that most theaters were closed and then there was the, well, should they hold them or should they do this? And then we had the bigger picture of other studios following suit like Warner Brothers, who we're going to be discussing a bit later, doing same day releases on HBO Max and how there was the talk of backlash and boycotts. Remember, several chains came out and said they would not be carrying universal films when the pandemic ended and so they had to kind of work out a deal with them in terms of you know how long they're going to be in theaters before they go to third-party platforms and i think this is a fantastic gesture because it basically is their way of saying we're going to give you an opportunity over eight weeks uh to get people back in the theaters buying concessions getting them excited which you know darn well they're going to have the pre-sales to the tickets up and running. And so that's exactly what they want is people pumped full of adrenaline, just seeing a free movie, all excited, running out and buying their advance tickets for the movie, which is a win-win across the board. And I think uh, people are going to have to be a bit creative about that. And that leads us to a topic that I wanted to um, discuss briefly on the back end of this. And it is something that is scheduled for June called Cinema Week. Now, Michael covers CinemaCon as uh, a regular thing. We're hoping that we're going to be able to have the show in August as we expect. But there is an interesting thing coming up. And Cinema Week is something that is being put together by the exhibitors, by the theater owners. And essentially, it is a week-long series of events. And apparently, it's going to take place nationwide where there'll be special merchandise, special screenings, and then we're told creative and celebrity appearances. And it's all designed to encourage people to come back to the movies, to let them know it's safe, and to um, hype up pending things. So, uh, Justin, we'll start with you. What do you make of this? Yeah, again, I think, you know, this is... I'm curious to see how this goes. I, I think, um, you know, as we kind of get into more a little bit more settle into more of a normal um routine uh or kind of see more of these events um and if it's successful then that, that's a great sign that's a great sign for uh for others in the industry and hopefully we'll get to see some new some new stuff uh, i'm not really quite sure what we can expect from it but um hopefully it can kind of get some ideas into uh, some of these companies and studios um 
heads so that you can kind of move forward and give us some cool stuff. Yep. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think all of this is, is setting the stage for how do we get people to go back to the movies? Um, how do they feel comfortable going back to, to seeing movies on the big screen? Um, how do we, you know, invest in the, you know, because, again, the whole thing about CinemaCon also was is all about, you know, the pledges from the various production companies that they're not going to go to these streaming services only and that they're going to continue to agree that the best way to see a movie is on the big screen. I mean, obviously the pandemic made that made some of those things change. But at the same time, I think ultimately people, you know, this is all about how do we get people back in the seats? How do we get them to, how do we show them that that, that screen is still the best way to see it? You know, and how do we encourage people to go back to movie theaters in general? So I think all of these things are, you know, I think they've been waiting for an opportunity to say, yeah, it looks like with the current adoption rates of the vaccines, um, you know, the levels and everything else, I think the expectation is hopefully by this summer um, we'll start seeing more full uh, full capacity theaters. Now, whether that'll be 100% full or, or something like 75%, it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, need to be seen. But I think ultimately these are all methods of how do we encourage and excite people to go back to the theater in general and, and how do we get people uh, to, to, you know, get off their couches, get away from the streaming services and, and go back to the the cinema experience, which I think ultimately is still a requirement for big budget movies to succeed. And obviously for all those theater owners, particularly the ones that are in small towns or, you know, that own the eight screens or the four screens uh, to get that, to get people back into those theaters. So I think these are all, all methods that we're starting to see now where people are saying, okay, we think the pandemic is, is waning enough that we can start getting people into the theater. And what do we need to do to kind of encourage that start get people to start thinking about movie theaters, start going to movie, movie theaters and, and enjoying their time in the theaters. And here's a bit of news on this too. And you know, what struck me as interesting about it, Michael, other than the fact that they're doing it is, I saw a lot of names that we generally associate with CinemaCon and other big events. So let me just give you a quick rundown, uh, folks, officially is what it says, is that it was, um, developed by Film Frog Marketing and Cinema Week as a means of celebrating the culture of moviegoing and supporting the hard-hit exhibition industry. Cinema Week will showcase exclusive in-theater content and activations, as well as giveaways and special guests in hopes of re-energizing theaters. This will happen on 28, more than 28,000 screens. This is where it gets a little vague, though. It says, the first edition will be hosted more, uh, by more than 28,000 screens nationwide between the 22nd and 27th of June. And they mention several uh, big name chains, everything from AMC to Cinelux, Cinemark, Synergy, uh, you know, so on and so forth, Regal. And of course, these are theaters around the world. Now, this is where I find it really interesting. It says, the event is made possible through the support of the Independent Cinema Alliance and the National Association of Theater Owners with sponsorship from Adam Tickets, Box Office Pros, CES Plus, uh, Coca-Cola, Hearst Digital Media, so on and so forth. There are some real heavy players backing this thing. And this seems very, very interesting uh, in that it reminds me of something that we talked about recently 
and that was the delay of the new top gun maverick film and we heard that tom cruise was actually a driving force behind the delay and part of it was that he felt that the movie needed to be promoted properly and he wanted to go out and do his worldwide campaign of stops in order to promote the film as you know as they start rolling movies out they didn't want to do the zoom publicity they wanted the press junkets the red carpet events so on and so forth and his mentality is i think we have a better chance of pulling this off in november than we do now it seems to me that we're kind of getting into that little area of planning on film promotion the red carpets tonight we have the oscars it's taking place in a train station because they feel that it's a safer way to get all the celebrities to assemble and to do the red carpet event and everything like that the oscars were delayed not just because of the pandemic but because they did not want a virtual thing of people sitting in front of their computers on camera they wanted the glamour they wanted the ritz they want people dressed up wearing all the designer outfits looking their absolute best assembling and of course how do you do that safely well this is where they are this is these are steps forward and it will be really interesting to see going forward we've already heard you know comic-con is going to be virtual but at the same time we had read pop come out and say yeah we're still planning to go ahead with new york comic-con we're still planning to go ahead with c2e2 a couple of other shows they came out and immediately said yes but we are going to have reduced capacity safety guidelines but promotion these are all things people are looking forward to now we discussed streaming and uh i think it should be mentioned of course that we had uh, mortal kombat uh open this weekend also appearing on uh hbo max and the worldwide number is apparently in the 22.5 million and interestingly enough the funimation uh adaptation of Demon Slayer was right behind it at 19.5 million. Now, some would say Mortal Kombat might be a disappointing number. Demon Slayer is a positive one, but to put it in perspective, um, the original Mortal Kombat didn't do a significant amount better years ago when it opened in the theaters. So. Uh, Michael, start us off. What do you make? Disappointment? Too early to tell? What do you make of this? Well, I mean, I guess when you consider that it was released on HBO Max for free on same day, I think, you know, obviously we still have pandemic numbers that are not where people would like them to be. So I don't necessarily think that it was necessarily a disappointment as far as um, the release goes. I'm sure um, they would like to have had a lot higher turnout, but I will say that I was at Alamo on. Um, Saturday night, not to see Mortal Kombat, but it was packed with people to see Mortal Kombat. So um, I think that, you know, I think it is showing that it's, you know, we, we I don't think we were expecting to do a lot better. I, I'm sure they were hoping it would have numbers more like King Kong and Godzilla, but the reality is um, it's not going to have that big of a draw, I, I think, in general anyways. And there are still a lot of people that are, hey, if I can watch it for free, I will, and I'm not quite ready to, to go to the theaters yet. So... Well, I'm sure it's probably lower than the the uh, production company would like to have seen. I don't think it was necessarily that bad for this type of movie to be released during the, the pandemic. I mean, I think if, if this were released in June or July and had these same numbers when there's a you know a, probably a much broader 
folks that are going to the movies and stuff, I think it would have been looking a lot worse. But I think overall, it's probably not as not as terrible as um, it could have been. The other thing too is uh, apparently HBO Max is touting 44 million uh, subscribers now, and then you add to that that the movie hasn't opened in China, Japan, and several uh, other markets overseas yet. It will be interesting. Uh, Justin, your take, please. Yeah, you know, I think it's not quite fair yet to look at the box office numbers for movies um, just because, you know, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, people are not going back to the movies. Um, and the vast majority of people who would probably watch this movie would would watch it on HBO Max. Um, now, it does become very difficult to kind of gauge how successful a movie is because just because a lot of people watch it on HBO Max, I mean... If you're a subscriber, you're not paying an extra premium for the movie by itself. So that's kind of difficult to gauge whether this was a successful movie or not. Um, but, you know, it, it is kind of difficult to to say whether or not it was a uh, was a failure um, just because it has low box office numbers. Because even even uh, if things were m much more normal, um it still probably would not have done very well at the box office just you know just by the nature of uh of it being a video game movie not having a huge amount of star power but um the uh the the kind of the bigger thing though is that um like the original movie uh from from the 90s um the uh the staying power is more important, I think, for a movie like this. Uh, whether it becomes more of a cult classic, whether you know a lot of people uh, are watching it on HBO Max. HBO probably has um, you know data statistics behind the scenes of how many people are actually watching it, um, and that will kind of gauge whether or not, at least from HBO's perspective, is this movie successful or not. Um, so that that's uh, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, We'll kind of have to wait and see, I think, you know, whether Warner Brothers kind of cons internally considers it a success or not, because they have numbers uh, that we don't that we don't um, regarding this, uh, you know, how this movie is doing on on streaming services. It probably would have always done decently or, or probably always would have done better on uh, streaming services than um, than at the box office. Staying with streaming services, Disney Plus wrapped up the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and no sooner had it ended than news came that essentially the storyline would continue with a Captain America 4 movie that is going to involve the same writers and showrunners. Now, seeing that we had the trailer for Shang-Chi come out this week, and we also have the Eternals uh, not too far away, we have uh, Doctor Strange completing Doctor Strange Two, Multiverse of Madness completing filming. Thor uh, is finishing filming. There's the new Spider-Man film. There's Black Widow still coming, and other Marvel films in production. What is your thought process on this versus uh, doing another season on Disney Plus? And we'll start with Justin. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this because, uh, you know, I, I guess Falcon, the Winter Soldier, um, 
I guess I'll start. I, I did wa I watched the whole show. I wasn't super crazy about it. I thought it was okay. Um, but, um, you know, the thing that surprised me about it was it was so expensive, apparently. Um, $25 million an episode was the... And I, I'm still wondering where... The, I, I didn't see $25 million an episode on the screen. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. I um, that that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like it was, it was pretty decent, but um, you know, it didn't really wow me. It it really kind of did feel like a TV show to me. Um, and uh, the 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 Captain America part of um, the MCU has always been um, a bit of a. It's it's more difficult to kind of pull off because you know. Captain America is not as, you know, flashy, doesn't fly, doesn't, you know, have, like, lasers or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest, like, uh, uh, the Winter Soldier film might might be in my top three three or five MCU films just because... Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, if done, if, if executed really well, it can be, it, it can be extremely effective, I think, but... Um, you know, I, I think uh, when I w watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was a little disappointed g given the the high pedigree of the other um, the other movies, um, the other Captain America movies, because Civil War was also very good. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see where they take it. Uh, I I could see you know a movie being really good. I could see um, uh, another uh, season of the show being good as well, but. I think it's ultimately going to be up to Disney um, to basically determine, like, you know, what, what is more successful for them. Uh, I, I would think that movies are probably a little bit easier because uh, I imagine the show was probably more uh, expensive to do than, um, you know, uh, than than one than one movie. It's like if you add it up all together. So my guess is that they're probably going to kind of go back into the movie business once you know theaters become a little bit more normal interesting michael your take please yeah part of me thinks this was the original plan all along was to get people interested in the characters as a show to make see how that how it was received and then push towards a new captain america movie with the new actor i mean i i you know i have to believe that there's there's a there's a reason why they're doing these mini um you know, episode mini, you know, six episode series. I mean, I thought it was mainly just to kind of give some additional life to some of these lesser known or non leading characters. Uh, but I think what we might see is there, you know, kind of with, you know, with the WandaVision one, you know, not to do any spoilers, but obviously they kind of inter introduced Wanda as, you know, the, her MCU character officially. Um, I think we see the new Captain America. Um, emerging obviously from you know Winter Soldier, and, and I think these are all plot points that they initially wanted to push back into a full-on movie. I, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you, you know, how how audiences take to that. If that's something that they're want they're willing to, you know, to go and see. I, again, it, it depends on how well they do it. Um, I think one of the problems I think with, and this is me personally, but I think the big one of the biggest problems I have with the next iteration of the MCU is I think the initial MCU, they really used up most of their main draw characters. And now we're starting to see a lot of these lesser known 
to some extent characters along with some of the sequels from the original MCU. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how people take to those. Um, again, we ta- we've talked about um, fatigue and, and that sort of thing in the past. Um, obviously, I think the nice thing about the Disney Plus iterations is they're kind of uh, you're giving them in small chunks. Um, it gives them an opportunity to kind of expand on the characters because it's longer than an average movie. Uh, and, it, and it gives them an idea to get a feel for what the audience is. But I do think the audience for a streaming show is going to be a little bit different than, than the same audience that's going to say, hey, I like this show so much, I'm going to go to the theater and watch a Captain America 4 or a new Wanda movie or whatever. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see um, how, it, how it goes. I, I do think personally, for me, I think the next iteration of the MCU is going to be a lot I think it's going to be a bit of a disappointment to pull off as, again, as strong as the first iteration was. Again, just because the quality of the the franchises, the known characters, you're not being led by things like Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, all the ones that are well-known. And you're starting to see these, these lesser-known characters and whether or not they'll have the same draw to the audiences. I think we'll have to find out and wait and see. It's very intriguing because you mentioned Winter Soldier, and I know one of the things that I always think about that film other than how happy I was with it and how it was to me not that I had problems with Captain America but the original Captain America was just an origin story and I think that they really gave us a much more well-rounded look at the character a much more compelling storyline and then they also started to introduce the concept uh, on a larger scale of supporting characters coming into the film so that these were not going to be just films going forward that had the title character. They let it be known that you can see other superheroes and other important characters coming into these films, which really helped set the way for not just the Avenger films that followed, but to also have that look of hey folks, just because this is a, as we saw in Civil War, even though this is a Captain America film, look at all these other characters we have in it. It's just his story. I also think it was the point where the Marvel Universe took a darker turn. And, you know, that that whole uh, attack on Nick Fury and, oh my God, is Nick Fury dead? Is he still alive? And the repercussions that came from that definitely set up things. And I I think it it allowed people to say, even though we're staying within the PG-13 range, we're not afraid to up the danger to really get darker as they have when they went along. And I think that's the problem that they have in many ways and it's a good thing is that you have something like secret war coming up and you have a lot of stuff hinting to that and right now you have the tv shows that are essentially supplementing the cinematic universe but i believe that they are going to very soon as we saw with wandavision also be supplementing the um cinema it's it's going to be a you know a catch-22 you're going to have these films on tv you're going to have these things on tv to carry the marvel universe forward and give you some things like what if like uh modok and various things like that but you have things like wandavision that are essentially setting up the next film you had stuff in 
falcon and winter soldier that are very clearly going to be carried forward in future film series you have things like loki that you wonder where that's going to go where's hawkeye going to go uh, then you have She-Hulk, and it, I, I think that they're trying very hard to essentially use these TV shows as essentially setups for the future films, but also have enough reference to previous films to keep them almost in a seamless transition to the point that when you get to Secret War, you're going to be able to say, this could have been a cinematic release, but boy, I'm glad it's on uh, streaming service. So, be very, very interesting to see. My, my biggest issue and I've thought about this a lot with the TV series is that what made it so special in that they had time to give extra attention to the characters and their backstory like getting to see Sam and his relationship with his sister um, getting to see Bucky coming to grips and trying to make atonement as he moves forward things like that that's great really like seeing that the problem was you also had episodes where you'd look at it and go, well, we had a 50-minute episode with five minutes of action and 45 minutes of walking and talking. And I think, you know, I looked at that and said, okay, so it was five, give or take, five and a half hours long of runtime. This wouldn't have flown in the theater. There was not enough over-the-top action that I think would have been in keeping with what fans expect from a Marvel film. We had a great opening in the first episode. We had a fantastic sequence on the truck. I don't think anything else that followed lived up to that. Um, not, not saying that it wasn't good, but there is the fine line between, okay, this is good for a streaming service, but I think we can all agree that if it was on the big screen, people might have been disappointed in seeing that as a two-part theatrical release. So, you know, that that's always the the fun point of you got to be bigger and better when it's up on the big screen moving forward uh wanted to uh, make sure we mentioned the fact that tomorrow is alien day and justin and i have discussed that and truthfully i'm kind of curious what we're gonna get the last couple of years have been a little disappointing and yet this year we've had some stuff that truthfully I had to question the timing of. For example, Marvel Comics has announced a uh, Aliens Aftermath comic that is coming later this summer that is going to deal with uh, 30 years following the event of Aliens when a film crew is sent to the colony to find out what really happened. Um, we've had Aliens Infiltrator, which is the prequel novel, quite good actually. It was one of the much better, in my opinion, than some of the recent Alien novels that have come out. Um, that is the prequel setup novel for the pending Aliens Fireteam video game. We know about that coming. And so my question to Justin before we started recording is, why did they go ahead and do all this? I mean, th this video, this comic book information really surprised me. It's like they couldn't have held this for a week and released it on Alien Day. So either A, people are just not caring that much about the significance of the date because they released the book and the news of the comic before that or they've got something pretty special lined up for us tomorrow um, my expectations are we might see a new trailer for the game maybe some new information about the TV series that's coming and maybe a couple of products mentioned but who knows so uh, start with you Justin what do you think what are we looking forward to 
Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. I think it could really go either way. Um, I, I'm leaning more towards it's probably not going to be much. Um, I think Disney still probably doesn't consider Alien a like major um, franchise of theirs. I, I think that they uh, it's obvious that they haven't abandoned it. They they're still kind of working on it. They're working on different Alien stuff, but um, you know I, I think that. We're, we're still uh they still haven't really kind of put a lot of um of effort into it. it it doesn't seem like they've really kind of taken initiative on it and really kind of um launched it as like one of their chief franchises i think they're kind of just you know going through the motions just um you know looking at each project as it goes um they might you know um a green lighter project here or there but overall i think um they don't care as much about it as um as uh you know someone like me would hope uh so so i guess it's possible uh the timing of that other project would suggest that um well why wouldn't they have waited you know if it was going to be light then why wouldn't they have waited to um uh to announce this at alien day maybe they do have something big planned uh, I think that is possible, but I think it's a little bit more likely that um, we're probably going to see a very light Alien Day like the other um, the other recent ones, uh, and we're probably going to have to kind of wait a little bit longer. We certainly are not going to get an announcement for a new movie. I'm I'm fairly certain of that. We might be might get some more gameplay from um, the upcoming video game, which would be cool. But um, I, I think overall, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a pretty light alien day uh, again. Um, and uh, the best we can hope for is, um, you know, probably some gameplay. And before we get Michael's take on this, help me out with this, Justin, but it's my memory or my recollection was that the last time we had anything of significance on an alien day was the year that Covenant came out because they had a couple of these um, kind of like... Uh, behind the scenes uh, things where they had ver they had certain press come and take questions um, from the cast. They had, uh, I think, a decent amount of merchandise. I mean, the stuff I'm seeing already is like people saying, hey, I've got an interview with the author of the book that just came out. Or um, we had somebody uh, sent something in here saying, it looks like there's going to be a new line of the reaction uh, characters uh, from Super 7 coming out. And so, yeah, we'll probably see some kind of merchandise, but also the flip side of this, and this is what I was telling people you've got to be careful about, is that uh, we'll, leave this, we'll do this as a lead-in to you, Michael. These Alien Day announcements, where do you normally see the characters for the first time in person or the figures and the collectibles? Nope, I think he's disappeared. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't know. Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I pretty, mean, com pretty common for them to say, hey, you know, we're announcing this alien thing and this alien thing, and then it becomes step stop by our booth at San Diego Comic-Con for more information and look for releases then. And then, of course, you know, that can lead into New York Comic-Con and things like that. Well, while we had convention exclusives last year, and I expect we'll have them again. 
We also know that there's a difference between convention exclusives online and then everybody rushing out to hit the booth up, get them, and put them there. So let's transition with that. What are you expecting? Well, I, I, that's the thing, though. I think um, even I, you know, I don't, now I've only been to Comic-Con once, but it was, I certainly don't remember them announcing anything at that Comic-Con. Um, and exclusives in general, I mean, I haven't seen, other than the, the toy line, which was pretty abysmal, the most recent Alien toy line release, um, as far as the color scheme and, and, and just the size, I got, I did get some of the stuff at clearance on Walmart. Um, but yeah, I don't, you don't see any, you really don't see anything about it anywhere. I mean, to be honest, if I didn't know about it already, um, I wouldn't be aware of it happening tomorrow. In fact, I didn't know it was tomorrow until you mentioned it last week. Um, I don't think it's in the forefront of most people's, um, vision. Again, I don't think there's enough, um, as Justin pointed out, I don't think Disney's taken a lot of stock in that series yet. There hasn't really been anything new to announce um, other than the new video game and the book to come out um, in recent memory. And I don't, it's interesting that they're not doing, um, you know, I, I think it would be, it's hopeful for us to think there's going to be a big announcement tomorrow. But the honest, honestly is I think they're, they're kind of looking at it as it's not something that a lot of people are aware of. So they don't make it into a big deal. You know, it's not like, May the fourth. It's not. It's not touted online, or you know, you know. It's it's just not something that Disney's putting any any money or stock in. Um, I think it's it's for the hardcore fans. I think it's good to to have something to announce and something to release and to ensure that they're, you know, staying, you know, keeping it, it in the minds of folks. But I think until they get really backing from the from Disney and they really start producing some stuff to worth discussing i think it's going to be kind of a lackluster experience kind of like how it has been for the past several years um just because there's 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 nobody building the hype there's really not a lot of excitement being driven by that franchise um it, it's not in the forefront of people's minds and it's not something that they're they're you know seeing put in front of them so i really think there's there's something to be said about how do you drive more excitement to that because again Releasing new stuff drives excitement, which hopefully encourages them to do more with the with the IP and the franchise. But until they actually start doing that, they're not going to get the excitement for the franchise that they need to drive more IP. So it's 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 kind of a, a vicious circle. At some point, um, they really when you really need to see something that's enough to drive um, excitement into that franchise forward amongst the lay people, we'll put it that way, the people that aren't the hardcore fans, and, and put it in the forefront of those people's minds. It will be very interesting because last year there were a lot of things working against it and the biggest problem would be the old out of sight, out of mind. Last year we had the pandemic raging, people were still in, uh, you know, in many ways shock over the lockdown and situation like that. It also fell on a Sunday and that's not a day that you're going to get littered with press releases and news and social media action. Uh, this year, you know, I guess in many ways people have adjusted to the current situation. It is on a Monday. I can tell you from recent experience that Mondays and Fridays have been pretty slow on news, but some stuff does come. Uh, just it's been a while since we've had anything earth shattering and it will be interesting to see. I, I mean, it, it's so weird. I can, I can see two things happening. I can see pretty much nothing coming out tomorrow and you could say like we did the last couple of years, well, gee, that was a disappointment, what a waste of time. 
And then I could also see people throwing a sizable thing. And it just, it, it keeps coming back to that. If you didn't have anything, why would you go ahead and make the game announcement and then make the comic book announcement? Unless you had something else or you're simply at a point where you didn't care. I mean, the, the game announcement makes sense because people were waiting. The book was coming. Uh, I figure, you know, the, the game is still officially this summer. I figure we might get another look and get a more definitive release date or we might get, hey, we're going to be taking part in the E3 online or something like that. It's just that comic thing is what really keeps getting me as to why would you go and make that announcement a week ago when that could have been here but we will see and those are all the fun questions and that's why what we do is really exciting wanted to mention really quick too if for fans of uh japanese um style games uh sega has put out a next generation version of the popular detective slash fighting game judgment and i've been playing it on the playstation 5 i did not get a chance to play it when it was originally out for the ps4 uh interesting game i mean there's some real great martial arts combo action uh but there's also a lot of interesting narrative and story driven plot points so people will want to check that out so before we wrap things up guys do either of you have anything else that you wanted to mention be uh in closing nothing um, for me nope that's cover. all right well, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. I hope you have a very healthy, happy, and safe week ahead, and we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, take care.